Good morning. It's great to be out. It's great to see uh, some of our friends from New York that are up for Camille's baptism, which is a great, great thing. We're very excited about that. Very excited. So I have a question before we get started. How many of you guys are into social media? Now, you've got to be honest. Raise your hand if you're engaged, if you're involved in social, social media in some way. All right, half of you are lying. I know you are. I know you are. The reason why I know that is because in this country alone, in 2012, 56% of people had a social media profile. In 2017, it's up to 81%. So the vast majority of people find themselves engaged in some way with social media. Now, why is that? Why is there, why do we seem to be so enamored with social media to the point where many people find themselves addicted to social media? And you've seen it, right? You've seen the people that literally cannot put the phone down for more than like 10 seconds. It's got to come up, you know, because you just got to see what's going on. Why is that? I think we have a very strong desire to be connected, right? We want to know what's going on and who's doing what and where are friends at. And even a really basic study of theology would, uh, sociology would probably reveal that we have a great need to be connected. That there's something woven into us that we want to be a part of each other. I think God designed us that way. It's really one of the things that keeps us emotionally healthy when we're connected. So Florence and I have a granddaughter. Okay, so our granddaughter is... Our granddaughter is six months old, and our granddaughter is in Georgia with her parents, which is a good thing that she's with her parents, right? But it's a bad thing for us that they're in Georgia. And so we rarely ever see them, and we rarely ever see our granddaughter. So the saving grace for us, and i got to tell you quite honestly more from my wife, is social media, all right? And so I want to show you a little clip. This little clip really is Florence's life. Okay, so my wife lives for those moments, okay? And they, they're on like a continuous feed, like all day long. There seems to be another one coming in. Now, I know what you're thinking. How on earth could Florence possibly have a granddaughter? How is that possible? You look at me and you go, well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but we do have a grandchild, and we love the social media for that. But, you know, we can clearly see the negative effects when we are disconnected. And so often when somebody is disconnected or when they're not doing well emotionally, the first things that we notice are what? They're isolated. They're somewhat of a loner. There's an unhealthy independence. They're unusually private, withdrawn, secluded. Mystery meat. We don't know what's going on. And generally that kind of proceeds or goes along with somebody who is emotionally not doing well at the moment. So being connected, being disconnected, really can have a huge impact on us. We even use it to modify behavior, right? 
And so when you have a little child that is being misbehaving, what do we do? We put them in timeout. There's a little social isolation. You go in your room by yourself or you sit down. We used to do that all the time with our kids, right? That little, you know, you just got to be withdrawn from people. That's, that's minor. But then it can go to the extreme where you see prisoners in, in, in prison, in jails, that go into solitary confinement. Right? And it's a very, very effective, well, so they say, anyway, form of behavior modification. Just that isolation. We don't like to be isolated, but we see it. We recognize the power of connection. Now, look around this room for a minute. Just let your eyes scan the room for just a moment. What we have right here, I think, really speaks to the miracle of connectivity. You say, really? I, I thought it was just the church. Where's that miracle of connectivity? But it really exists right here in this room. Why is it a miracle? Well, if you take this particular group at face value, okay, just kind of who we are, you look at our backgrounds, you look at our racial background, you look at our socioeconomic backgrounds, you look at our experiential history. When you take a look at this from face value, what do you think the odds are that we would all be together and beyond that, we would call ourselves a family? I say it's really, really low that that would happen anywhere. But here we are. We're all together. And we do call ourselves a family. So I think that, to me, speaks very loudly, speaks volumes to the miracle of connectivity that we have right here. It's something I dare say you're not going to find most anywhere else in the world, but it speaks volumes about who God is and how things work. The miracle is how we're connected and why we stay connected. And the reason why this works is not because there's anything special about us, although you may think there's something special about you, but it's not that we're we're all that special, but it really speaks to how special God is and how amazing God is. From the beginning of time, God has had a plan to connect us, not only physically, and not only emotionally, but to connect us spiritually. And there's two ways that he does that. Look at me in Colossians chapter 1, beginning with me in verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him... All things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, And don't move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and to which I, Paul, have become a servant. So he says this, this connection to God begins with you as an individual. 
that God has, has created a, a situation, a really great situation, where we have means to get to God. We do that through Christ, and we do that through the cross. So when we are baptized into Christ, as you're going to see here in just a little bit, we go from that old life, that sinful life, that sin is washed away. We get now in this great relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It begins with you, but then we grow. We have great opportunity to grow in that walk with Christ. So it's not a set it and forget, a plug and play. When we get baptized, that's really just the beginning. That's not the end. So with Camille, she's just beginning today. This isn't the end. So when, when, we, when we become part of the fellowship like this, then we grow. We have great opportunity to grow. And I want to show you that in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we pick this up in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, because we don't want that, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body, that's all of us together, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so Paul says, we have this body for one reason. Well, there's really a couple of reasons. But what he addresses right here is, is our growth, that we can mature. Yes, we have the body so we can evangelize the world. We certainly need to do that. And we talk about that a lot. But we have this body also so that we can grow, that we can mature, that we have people that we can go to and we can talk to. And God has, has placed certain people in different positions to be able to help guide that process, whether it be teachers, evangelists. He talks about pastors, prophets. There are, there are different people that say, hey, let me help you with that walk. Let me guide you. God has, has put me in a position and, and give me whatever wisdom or whatever skills or talents or, or faith or heart or whatever it might be to be able to help you in that, in that walk, to help you in that process, in that journey. And so we all have this thing, and it works together. It's an amazing thing. Now, as much of a miracle of connectivity this is, right? Now, we're small. We're, what, 165 members. We reach out. We have different people that come out. But, you know, it's a relatively small body. But as much of a miracle of connection this is, there's an even greater miracle in my mind. And that's what we have beyond these walls. What's out there in the rest of our world. A few weeks ago on a Friday night, we talked about our church, if you were here. And I believe with all my heart that we are so blessed to be part of this family. I love this family. I've seen other church families. I love them too. But I really love this church family. And I think what, we've had, what we have here and what we've been working towards building and strengthening and, and, and creating is something great. And it's not us. It's God. But, but God, you know, works through us and allows us to each other to build a great family. I love this, this family. But I also love the neighborhood that we're in. I love all of our New England 
brothers and sisters, and we do a lot with the churches in Hartford, obviously, all the way through Boston, and we've got a lot of great relationships there, and that's a fantastic thing. I love our New York family, so we're here. That's my roots. That's where I was converted. That's where a lot of you guys are from. And we do a lot with the New York church. And you know, I was out in Chicago this week, and I spent time with Sam Powell and Johnny Rivera and, and uh, the guys that I know there. And we, we, have a great, we have a great neighborhood. So we can just step outside of our geographic border and go to New York or go to, go to Boston or go to Worcester, Mass, or wherever. And it's like, wow, I'm part of this bigger extended family. But it goes beyond that. That's miraculous. But it goes beyond that. Because the biggest miracle of connectivity that I see is what we have globally. And what God has created and what God has given us. We are part of an amazingly strong and powerful and, 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 and incredible family of churches in the International Churches of Christ. 480, uh, 640 churches in 155 nations. And there's well over 100,000 disciples. And it's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. And i got to tell you, as part of the ICOC leadership group, which I am, it's amazing when I hear the reports and I see the reports and I talk to other brothers and sisters around the world about what's going on. This past week, I had the honor to spend about four days in Chicago uh, with leaders and, and teachers from every part of our global fellowship. I mean, literally all corners of the globe. There was about 300 of us there. And it was an amazing, amazing time working on the very things that Paul is talking about here, ways that we can strengthen, ways, ways that we can encourage. What can we do as, as men and women in this leadership group to be able to help our global family of church be in a great place with each other and a great place with God? To be able to fulfill the mission that God has given us and be able to live the purposeful lives that we have in Christ. It was an amazing, amazing time. And so we spent time and, and we, we talked and we listened. And there were guys speaking from all parts of the world about what's going on in their family of churches. And just hearing the reports from Jakarta and hearing from China and hearing from, from Africa and South America. Just, it was an amazing thing. And we talked about how our sister churches are doing and how well we're working together. We talked about unity. We talked about our structure. What do we have? Is it working? We talked about conflict resolution. We talked about global missions. How are we doing with that? We talked about our global relationships and our, our uh, connectivity. We talked about our partnerships. We talked about goals and dreams. And, and most of all, staying focused on Jesus as the reason why we do this anywhere, anytime. And then we prayed. And we prayed a lot. We broke up into prayer groups all day long into the evening. And we prayed about all these various things that we had been in discussions about earlier. That went on every single day. It was exhausting. But it was great. It was an amazing, amazing time. But you know what? Through all of it. The thing that I walked away with, if there was one takeaway item, what encouraged me the most is that as a global movement, as a brotherhood, we have strong connectivity. We are working hard toward that even more. From Jakarta to, to Kiev, from Quito to, to Nairobi, from, from San Juan to, to Hong Kong, from Perth to Madrid to Southern Connecticut. We have a connectivity. And from firsthand experience, from a firsthand perspective, I can tell you that we are working harder than ever before and taking great pains, and I believe making great strides to strengthen those ligaments and those, those sinews 
that, that bond us together. So I'm going to borrow a phrase that has its roots in the uh, environmental cause. And I'm going to stretch a little bit and bring it into the cause of Christ. Because I think it really fits here. Think globally. Act locally. So what does that mean for us? Think globally. It's really simple. Keep the global brotherhood on your heart. I know you're, you're, you're in your own world and you get busy and you got stuff going on. I, I totally get that. But keep the brotherhood on your heart. Americans tend to think very nationalistically. right? So even, our, even calling ourselves Americans is quite interesting because there are three Americas, right? There's North America, Central America, South America. And it's very interesting when you talk to people from those countries. We live in North America, and so we're only one-third of all Americans. And that we share with the Canadians and the Mexicans. So we're really just a little piece, right? But yet, to so many of us, we're the Americans. Because we speak American. So we're the real Americans. And look, that's not meant to be critical. But I think it does illustrate a point. Think about this scripture. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I think that's important. I believe that we are very blessed to live in this country, but as Christians, we are citizens of heaven first, the United States or any other country second to that. And we've got to keep that perspective on things. Pray for your global family. It's a powerful means of connecting. Go to Disciples Today. Go on the church leader, the church locator, rather. Find a church and pray about it. And if that's overwhelming, then pick a church from Europe and pray about that since that's where we support directly anyway. So let's think globally, but then act locally. That's important as well. As you keep the brotherhood on your heart, keep your feet moving through the neighborhood. I love this scripture. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Be those feet. God has put you where you are, when you are, for such a place and such a time as this. Reach out. Be that light. You know, Stefan last week talked about escaping your comfort zone. Escape it. Get out of it. Let's, let's act locally. That builds to our strength. And to our global strength. And so whether it's globally through prayers or our mission giving or locally through our own personal ministry. It's all about connectivity with God and connectivity with each other. And the more of that we have, the stronger the family is, and the stronger the neighborhood is, and stronger the brotherhood. I'm going to bring out Pat and Lamisha. They're going to talk a little bit about their experience in Spain, and uh, then they've got something very special to show you. Thanks so much. How you guys doing? Good? Well, my name is Patrick. This is my wife, Lamisha, my 
my bride as well to take a take a line from uh, Ed. So appreciate that, bro. But um, yeah, we're here to talk a little bit more about and expound on this issue, this this idea of connectivity. Um, and our special missions it goes to uh, the EMS, which is the European Mission Society. And why do we, why are we here to to talk about that? Is we were in Madrid for about two and a half years, and we got to see. Uh, that church family there in Madrid, and we wanted to share share a little bit about that with you guys. And we also, uh, as a church, and us personally, benefited greatly from the support of the European Mission Society. Um, so the European Mission Society oversees, uh, for those of you that don't know, the majority of our churches uh, in Western Europe, uh, including Spain, uh, where we were. So it's basically an organization that's made up of brothers and sisters uh, from local congregations in the New England area. Uh, Jeff is also on the board uh, for that. So the EMS, the European Mission Society, it pays, uh, you know, staff salaries. They provide financial support in emergency situations. Like they send people over to the the church to encourage the church. But I really think the the greatest value of the European Mission Society is that it creates a bridge. It creates connectivity uh, between us here in the United States and Madrid. And you guys have a special kind of inside track and, and ability to appreciate like everything that's happening globally uh, because you guys sent the Lamberts over to uh, lead the church in Madrid. So it's a very special uh, connection even even for us here. And I think the fact that the EMS gets involved, it creates uh, this connectivity between the churches that are our churches that are within Europe, but also us on the U.S. side being able to uh, connect with Europe. So we hope today to be able to just talk a little bit about our time with the church, our experience in working with the uh, European Mission Society. And I want to show first just a, a quick uh, a video that went out recently. It was about uh, the EMS put out a video requesting prayers for Spain. But in this video, it also kind of gives you a little bit of snapshot of, of kind of what they're doing and, and, and where they where they are at the moment. So if we could uh, play that video really quick and uh, just kind of... Madrid campus ministry who is here in Switzerland along with some special guests from Munich and we want to share uh, we just want to share some good news from Madrid and this month of prayer thank you for all of your prayers and your support uh, this month this year over the years it's been amazing to see over the last six months what God has done in Madrid God brought Kristen and me to Madrid in February of this year after many answered prayers about the church and the leadership team. And it's been amazing as God has opened so many doors. Uh, There's a sister who was converted in Lima, Peru in September of last year. She moved to Madrid in December to be with her husband, David. And he came to church for the first time in February. He started studying the Bible, and in May, David became your brother in Christ. Uh, We also hosted a campus internship from the 15th of June to the 15th of July with 11 students from Atlanta and Boston. And they partnered up with our campus ministries. And during that month, over 30 students came to Bible talks and sports and dinners and church services. And it's been amazing to see so many of those students studying the Bible. And we believe many of them will become Christians in the coming months. Uh, Right now, the Madrid Church has 44 disciples. And those 44 disciples have 11 of their friends studying the Bible, which has been amazing to see. 
But one thing that is particularly incredible is the story of how we were able to come to this retreat here in Switzerland. Carlos is going to share a little bit about that. Yeah, a couple of months ago, um, here, brother Eric, uh, he was in my wedding uh, with Dorian. And he he asked us, "Hey, are you guys coming to to the to the campus retreat in, in Switzerland?" And I told him, "I would love to, but we really we are broke. I mean, I'm getting married to God, but that's it." Um, and he, he told me confidently that he was going to uh, try to figure out if there was a way of, of helping Madrid. A uh, few weeks later, he sent me a message and he told me that, uh, he, told, he told us basically to pray about the connection that it was going to happen in the, in, in the Church of Munich. And then a couple of weeks later of that, he told me that they got uh, almost close to 1,500, uh, so 1,500 euros um, and just for Madrid and we, we are like deeply, deeply thankful and thanks to that, thanks to that sacrifice, uh, most of us are able to be here, that otherwise wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and just to see a little bit the impact of this, uh, I'm going to let uh, Elisani, who she's studying the Bible right now, uh, share a little bit of the impact here this week. Um, that 
it creates awareness for other churches like ours and, and just even one-year challenges where people can go and serve the church and people feel safe going there because they know that the European Mission Society is backing it, that they're working towards a greater uh, vision. You know, so there's a lot of security in being able to go and serve uh, these churches and get tied into it. So that, that visibility gives, gives confidence to the brotherhood around it and, and to be able to reach out and pray and to meet those needs. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a microcosm for what we're talking about with the EMS, because they, they support a lot of the Western European churches, but we wanted to share a little bit about the, the Church of Madrid. So you got to see a little bit there. We know the majority of, of the people there, and, and so it's, it's always, uh, um, you know, uh, bitter. It, it's bittersweet to see it, you know, because we miss them, we love them, um, and our heart goes out to them. And so... Being able to, but being able to rejoice with them as they have these victories is so is so awesome and so incredible. Uh, so we wanted to share a little bit about the Madrid Church, but before we do, um, I want to say that the Madrid Church uh, is an extremely hardworking group of of disciples. Uh, they are working towards it, and they dream about being financially independent as a church. Anything that they receive, I guarantee that they're going to multiply it because they plan and they operate as if they have nothing. That they just work. They're, they're, they're tireless in the way that they work. Spain has about 17.6 unemployment compared to the U.S., which is 4.3. Average salary in Spain is about 1,000 euros per month, which is about 1,100 uh, U.S. That's what me, we were teachers in Spain, so, so that's what we made, and that forces you to be resourceful. So anything additional you get, you really make it work. You know, um, these are some who, uh, who we're going to talk about are some of the greatest, uh, most incredible warriors in faith that I've had a privilege of serving alongside. So we wanted to just kind of introduce uh, a little bit about them to you guys and take a stroll down memory lane with us. I'm just going to share. Hello. So I'll try to keep it together as we... Um talk about our time in Spain. So we can. Yeah. So when we moved over, um, we moved in January 2015, and here the McCarts were actually leaving the church when we were there. Um, so it's just a picture of all of us and their kids and um, their children, Hunter and Isabella. And so we arrived January 7, 2015. And okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is actually, and, it, and guys, we're doing this so you can guys really see a visual of the church and how it's really impacted our lives. I know I'm a visual person, so I definitely need to see, okay, what's happening? You know, we're so far away, so it's, it's important to see um, photos. So this is actually Pat's first sermon in Spanish, and he did a great job, one of the, the, many, the many sermons he did in Spain. That was me sharing my first communion. Uh, <laughs> Um, just go on faith here. Um, so, and and that was actually in English, and I had a translator, Sandra, who's a really good friend of mine, translate for for me in Spanish. And this was actually a campus encouragement night. So Pat and I really worked really heavily with the campus ministry over there, um, and that was the brothers just encouraging us, just making us meals. It was awesome. And then, who knew, so this was Will and Kristen's first trip to Spain in 2015, but it was just for an internship to help with an internship. So it was really amazing, and this was quite a while ago, honestly, so it was really great. Um, and this is part of the campus ministry when we were there, and um, the cool thing about campus there is that um, you have people come in and out of Madrid, or people who are studying abroad, or doing one-year challenges, so the campus ministry is always evolving, or the whole church is always evolving, actually, um, so that's, that's really cool. 
And then, um, so a lot of times, well, they've done it about three times a year where Boston, the Boston church will send over um, a group of interns to just help. And the sole purpose is just to encourage the church because the church had been through so many things. Um, so they would send about 10 disciples over to just encourage the church and share their faith and just um, really uplift our spirits. Um, so we were really grateful for that. This is our house. Only, you can only see a little snapshot of it. Um, that this was Pat's birthday, and everyone was sharing about him. Yes. And okay, wow. Okay, so this was. So the next two clips were two couples. Um, some of them, Carlos, one of the guys that was talking in the the video, um, he got married this May of this year, and then before that, another couple that we were really close to got married March in March. So that was really cool to to see. I don't know these couples go from you know, being single and loving God and then, you know, getting married and really um, building up the church in Spain. So it's really cool to see. And this was <laughs> our first marriage retreat. There was a sister, Linda. She was also in the photo as well um, in the video. Um, she got baptized. The, the cool thing about Linda was that she lived she lived in London and she was just coming to, to Spain to study abroad for about six months. And she came out to the church and got baptized in Spain then went back to London and joined the London church, and then now she's actually back in Madrid for to do her master's program, and that's why she was in the video. So it's really cool to see how we are a global movement. So, um, And this was a baptism. Um, his name was Stephen. And then <laughs> this was supposed to be the Lamberts and us in, in um, Seoul. And this is our leadership team, and this was the actual day that we told Will and Kristen that you, we want you guys to be our leaders. So it was a really encouraging night. Um, that was really memorable. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so this is all, all of these things that we were able to be a part of, and, and Madrid really helped to mold us and train us into um, just grow in our relationship with God. And so all of these things were really made possible uh, through the dream and the vision of, of our family of churches and dreaming for a global connectivity. And so without the EMS, um, you know, cash wouldn't have went there. We wouldn't have uh, gone there uh, to join them. The Lamberts wouldn't have. So it all happens through this vision and through this vehicle that the European Mission Society uh, provides as a bridge uh, for all of us. And uh, lastly, we just want to share a special, uh, you know, quick video with you guys as we, uh, as we end here. But hopefully that was helpful about what our, our global movement is really all about. So thank you guys. Hey, Southern Connecticut, we love you guys a ton. We miss you. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this video on your Mission Sunday. We're so excited that we have this connection with you guys. We miss you terribly. We wish we could yeah. be with you still. It is super heartwarming and at the same time heart-wrenching to hear about all these teens getting baptized. Come on, guys. Um, we're there with you in spirit. We pray for um, all of you often, and uh, and we really look forward to seeing you guys in the future sometime soon. We're super encouraged by how much you care for us, how much you love us, um, everyone who reaches out to us, and all the gifts we get and everything. Um, thank you, Huntsman. Yes. And, um, and we hope that you guys are really being moved in your hearts and spirits about reaching the world and making disciples everywhere. Amen. We pray for you guys often. Thank you so much for your prayers. And here is a special message from the Madrid Church.
Well, that was just uh, very encouraging. And I, I wanted to just kind of wrap things up today and, and, and thank Jeff and, and the Genovas. You know, we, we have a, a really unique opportunity with our connection. You know, that Jeff was talking about really connecting and our connection with, with the church in Spain through not just the Genovas, but also sending uh, Will and Kristen over to Spain. We, we have a unique kind of view into that global fellowship. But um, I want to share about our ability to participate in that uh, with a quick mention that our missions contribution is coming up on November 12th. And our goal uh, that was set in January is that, uh, that we would just save a dollar a day, that every member of the church would sa- save a dollar a day so that come November we'd be able to give $365 per member to foreign missions. And uh, I'll be sharing more as time goes on, but Arlene and I, my wife and I, have had a very uh, unique and uh, privilege to be able to help uh, with some church plantings domestically and foreign, and uh, I'll be sharing more about that. But some exciting things happen when we sacrifice. We see it in the Word. When people sacrifice in the Scriptures, God moves powerfully. And so that's what we're going to be praying for on November 12th, that our sacrifice turns into God moving powerfully in the lives of others. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we are so grateful that uh, we can come and pray to you, that, Father, more than anything, we can be connected to you. And, Father, through that connection, uh, our prayer is that we be connected to one another in such a way, in a supernatural way, Father, the way your Son was connected to you. And, Father, we... Through that connection to you, we know that it is impossible for us not to be connected to our friends, our family, our neighbors, and to help them get to know you. Father, by extension, we want to pray that that our connection will lead to a global movement, a global uh, force to help uh, the churches throughout the world through our sacrifice. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And right now, we're going to have a really special uh, time right now as uh, Lamisha comes on up and um, shares about Camille's baptism. So, guys, this is an amazing, exciting time. So, Camille is going to be joining our family today. And I am so proud of Camille, but guys, this is a victory for all of us. So many people have, I mean, Camille has grown up in this church, and so many people have been involved in her life. So this is, I'm so excited. This is such a great family. We're so connected. So this is a victory for all of us. And even Kristen was, you know, Kristen was in her life, and Jasmine, and, you know, people have just touched her life in different ways. So, um, but just even personally with Camille, oh, man, 